thank you very much. I, I was going to say I was on prison furlough. I'm happy that he said what he did. It has been said in many articles I live with murderers, uh, drug traffickers, thieves, prostitutes. But that isn't my experience, truly. I live with people. The men and women in prisons are people. Everyone here and everybody in this world has sinned against God, has some sin or some crime they've committed or some moment in their mind or in their life that they don't want anybody else to know about. And thanks be to God, other people aren't burdened with that. But men and women who go to prison, everybody knows what they have done. And the very sad thing is that the society begins to call them not by their name, but by the crime they committed. He's a thief, she's a prostitute, he's a murderer. And this person, these people I share my life with and they share their lives with me, are many, many people. We have, of course, doctors, some two or three doctors in our prison, two or three lawyers, we have several police, we have teachers, and we have the majority, as in the majority of all prisons, we have a lot of people that were very poor. It's a very hard thing to go through life being called a name. I think it's something you young people out here can decide not to do, not to make those kind of judgments about people. In the years I've spent in prison, I've met thousands and thousands of men and women, and I've never met one that wasn't beautiful inside, one that wasn't an image and likeness of God, and one that couldn't change. And I found the strongest weapon in the world, and I know it, I know it for sure. And it's so clear, it's like the air. It's hard to see. You can't see it. But it's what a carpenter came to tell us 2,000 years ago. It's love. Love is the strongest weapon in the world. Love is what changes, what brings about, what the reason that you're here. Whatever your talents are, wherever they come from, and they come from God Almighty, it started with love. And love brought them about the teachers that loved you the most, the one that gave you an extra chance, the one that spent some extra time with you, the one that sees you the way you want to be seen. And maybe that's the great gift God has given to me, is that he allows me, he allowed me to live long enough that I make no judgments of people I see perhaps as they want to be seen as I want to be seen. The good is so, our Lord told us to look and you will find. Look for it and you will find it. I'm so used to saying in Spanish it's almost difficult to say in English. And look, if you're looking for the good, you're going to find the good. You're going to find it in everyone. We had one man, there's a little island prison colony, 12 hours out to sea where I spend some of my time, the Islas Marias, and it is where the hardest criminals in Mexico are. I had the experience of being on a ship going to the Islas Marias. It was a prison ship, and I was down below with men. They didn't want to let me go, and I, thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit, I was allowed to go. 
and spend time with those men being sent out to the colony, a penal colony, island colony, has always been difficult. Being separate very far from your families and many fears. And there with 146 of the worst men, I've just found human beings, afraid and prayerful. And I was able to tell them that the Lord Jesus, he was a prisoner too, and that he was with them in that moment. And my presence there was a Christ presence amongst them. And they were to me. We met in that holy name. On the Isles Marias, we had a man brought for a double homicide that spent 18 years on the island. And I'm so happy because last year, last June, he was ordained in Masaklan. And so I say, what should we call him? Should we call him killer or should we call him father? In these few moments, I'm looking at my lights <laughs> that we have. There's so many stories every day to tell. There are so many wonderful. We have a community in La Mesa. We have a new system that we've started that we're proud of. It's more human. It's more right. It's when I hear all this excellence here and all this intelligence, all these gifts, and I think of prisons, it saddens me to know that in this day, in this age, still men are kept as they were kept thousands of years ago in cages. If you want to hurt people, if you want to punish them, if that's what you seek to do, then this system is right and righteous. But if you truly have any interest at all in rehabilitating people and helping them to become what God created them to become, you're going to have to do away with cells because God did not create men to be in cages. More than 20 years ago, they did away with cells for animals in the cities and the zoos all over Los Angeles Zoo. It was cruel, they said, to keep animals in, in cages. But men are still kept in cages. And I suppose you could say that the animals haven't done the things the men have done. And that's true. And animals haven't gone to war either. These men and women are people and they cannot be re rehabilitated in a system, in an all-male system that tells you what to do from the moment you wake up to you are mindless, you cannot think that you are a number and not a name, that you lose identity with your family, you can't reach out and touch your wife and your children when you've been years in a cell. In La Mesa, we allow families to come and stay with the men, and sometimes they stay days. The grandmother comes, we have picnics, we have school, we have church, we have theater, we have art. We have to make it on our own. We don't, get, we don't receive uniforms and soap and towels and blankets. We have to make it so we have a lot of businesses going. But we are learning and we are growing. And I think we have something for others to see. I hope today there's a little seed maybe that I can plant here. I hope you'll learn to be forgiving because if you aren't, if you don't know how to forgive, you'll live in prison too. And I think I'd like to say something that happened to me in Tijuana when I saw they were talking about these wonderful accomplishments of science. There was a robot, and the first time I saw one in Tijuana or any place, and I stopped to talk to this robot. It came up to talk to me, perhaps because of my dress in Spanish, and, 
and I asked if he could talk English and speak English, and he asked me to speak in English to program him. And we had a nice conversation. And so I asked him, will you come out to the prison to visit my sons in the penitentiary? It's not very far from here. They'd really like meeting you. You're a very nice robot. And, and, he, told, and, he, and he said, I will put it into my, my system. And all these lights went. And he didn't answer. And I waited for the answer. And I said, well, are you going to be able to come? And the robot answered, first, I will have to ask my creator. What an intelligent robot. And I think that's the advice. If I have any advice to give you, it would be uh, uh, to forgive, to love everyone unconditionally. You don't have to like them and you don't have to approve of them. But you can love them. That's not an emotion. That's a decision. And to first... In whatever field you're going into, and whatever you're going to do, talk it over with your Creator. Thank you, and God bless you. I am, um, sister. I think you're absolutely right that we are living in a society that where we have to exact our own punitive pound of flesh. We have an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The problem is, though, is that a lot of people are afraid to leave their, leave their homes. There's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of fear about crime. There's fear about the people who are willing to do harm to, other, to others. How can you reconcile the fact that people are afraid to leave their homes, people are concerned about crime, and the fact that there are people out there that are simply, maybe not incorrigible, but people that are willing to, to do harm to others? Well, I, I think it starts, I mean, it has to be a whole change. I was talking to a young man this morning, I wish I could remember his name, that decides to start in the educational system, really, where you learn in your indentured morals. I think that we know that drugs contribute to about 80% of crime. But if there was a, a man in your family or a woman that was so dangerous that this person, you wouldn't want them on the street because you would fear so much what they would do to others or what others might happen to them, then you would have to put that person away. That would be merciful to take that person out of the society and put them away. But I think if that were your brother, your, your friend, somebody you love dearly, you'd want that person put in a place that they can function, that they can learn, that they can grow, and in some way contribute something to the society and most of all that they can be led to God. I believe that that's the reason we should change the penal system because this system that we have is really a garden. It is a breeding ground for criminals. I have lived many years in many prisons and mainly in La Mesa. I visited other prisons and most of the hard criminals come from that system. When did you first realize you were being called to a religious vocation, and in particular to working in prisons? Well, a calling is like, when did you fall in love? It's hard to answer. I think when I went to La Mesa many years ago, I was looking for the jail in Tijuana, and I ended up in the prison in Tijuana. And I was touched because I saw the men were very poor, and that it was very hard. And they were so human. I'd never been into a prison before. 
and I had the stereotype, maybe idea of prisons and prisoners. I was afraid of prisons, but I just saw people and people that were suffering, and I knew, I heard a whisper that became a cry. I am in prison, please come and visit me and console me. And I went to visit and console. I didn't go to reform, by the way. Sister, I'd like you to know that I support you and uh, your opinions wholeheartedly and 100%. I'd like to ask you, could you please give us a uh, description of the conditions in the Mexican jails? Because I know I've heard so many horror stories. Are they true? Oh, that's a question, isn't it? Well, jails are very bad wherever jails are. The prison system, I think you would find out to your surprise that the American prisoners that were in Mexican jails before the transfer, and some of them had spent a few years in Mexican jails, and then we, have, we now have a treaty for several years, almost five years, with Mexico. And American prisons are transferred after time, if they wish to be, to the United States. And they told me here in the, in, at MCC, Metropolitan Correctional Center, uh, it was very surprising to me that of the American prisoners that did time in Mexican jails, the residual rate to prison was the smallest that they'd ever had in the United States, less than 5%. And the, the rate here is almost 50%. And so I think it says something about the system. We have a marvelous, we know that, and we cherish our justice system here in the United States. That is not our penal system, our justice, our system of justice.